0: good morning I don't know well I can guess maybe some of the foods that uh, you really like and you love I love popcorn pizza ice cream those are three of my favorites and um, you could you can you probably be thankful to know I do eat something else besides those uh, things I do like uh, fruits and vegetables and and many other things I love drinking Iced tea, as maybe many, many of you know, because I'm always bringing, I'm a two-handed uh, drinker, water on one hand and tea on the other. And God has given us abundant foods to eat and many other material blessings here in the United States and in other parts of the world. And, but sadly, we know that there are places on this earth where people don't have enough to eat. And that. That pains our hearts, but that was not God's intention. And it was God's intention that He gave us something more important to consume and more important food to eat. And He gives us spiritual food that lasts for this life and for eternity. And He has given us that food is the relationship that He gives us with Him through Jesus Christ, that relationship that He gives us with Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit that. He gives to empower us to live that spiritual life, that life that lasts for eternity. But before turning to Jesus, let's go back 3,500 years to the Exodus. God has just delivered his chosen people, Israel, from 430 years of captivity by the Egyptians, the mighty Egyptians, the most powerful military army, and the mighty Pharaoh. God parted the Red Sea so that all his people could leave Egypt. They walked through, like really the isle that we have here. Waters on the, on the left and right, depending. For me, it's the left and the right. For you, it's the right and the left. Um, and then the Egyptians were coming up from behind. And the Israelites made it, as we all know, to the other side. But the Egyptians did not as God brought the waters back together to swallow up the Egyptians so that his people could be free on the other side as he was beginning to bring them to the land of milk and honey, that promised land that he had promised. This is the beginning. And our passage, Exodus chapter 16, begins about four to six weeks after God delivered, gave his people salvation from slavery. And Israel is in the wilderness and has apparently run out of food and cattle that they brought from Egypt because they they don't have anything to eat. They're, They're hungry and they're grumbling against their leaders, Moses and Aaron, saying, if only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt when we sat by pots of meat, And I ate all the bread we wanted. Instead, you brought us out into this wilderness to make this whole assembly die of hunger. Amazing. But before we, like I, might look at them and and say, how can you not trust God after what he's just done for you? Well, getting food in that time was a lot harder than it is today. And even during the, the pandemic, I'm, I'm reminded back when it first began in middle of March, I work fairly late, so I get to the stores just before they close. I'm sure some of the people think, oh no, here he is, he's keeping us here later again, here he comes. But I remember going into Trader Joe's and just seeing empty, you know, freezer cases, but I could still get food to eat and same thing the next day, I think I went to Target and saw, I'd never seen such empty shelves, but once again, still there was food there to eat. I mean, I can go, you know, we go to the store, we go, you know, to restaurants. It's, it's not a problem, you know, getting, getting food, but that wasn't the case here. You know, they have nothing. So it was a difficult situation, but on the other side of the coin, it was the most miraculous thing deliverance of, of people ever it was just incredible and god had did you know they they had god had been preparing them for this because you know moses would go to pharaoh and say let my people go and, and god you know did all kinds of plagues and when he the, he started getting them out of egypt he killed all the firstborn egyptians but he spared all the Israelites first born. So God had done some incredible things. And while they speak to Moses and Aaron, they're really speaking to God. And so you know, we have to look at this and say, where is their faith in God? And then how can they say they would rather be enslaved in Egypt than free people in the wilderness with the God of the universe with them? Why do they think God would let them starve to death? Why don't they think that he will provide food for them? They just had an experience in Exodus 15 where they didn't have water to drink for three days. And the water, when they did come upon water, it was bitter. But God had Moses put a tree in the water and then they were able to drink it. And then it's interesting here, they're complaining. Do, they, do you see a prayer here? Or even asking, God, can you provide us food to eat? No, God, why, or Moses and Aaron, why did you bring us out here to die? They're really insulting God. But, as God always does, he meets people's needs. He gives them more than enough bread in the morning for all the people to eat until they're full... And he gives them quail in the evening to eat. And God tells Moses, by this you will know that I am Yahweh, the Lord, your God. God wants his people to know him and obey his commands and instructions to live the God-inspired life. And that is true life and the best life now and forever. Can you relate to the Israelites, can you relate to what happened here? One thing I think is all on our minds is the coronavirus you know, pandemic. People have died. I, I'm pretty sure there's at least somebody and maybe more than one person who knows somebody who has died from the coronavirus. We don't know when this is going to end. I mean, I, I heard... You know, one person say that this thing could be, the virus could be with us for this generation. Um, In that, that doesn't you know make me feel good. But God is still in charge. God is still on the throne. God is seeing us through these difficult times, and we're still able, you know, to worship Him. Thankfully, we're able, you know, to come together now. But we're always able to worship God. He's accessible. There's other things that people, that we go through in this life. And especially, you know, if we've been around for a while. You know, you have gray hair, which shows that uh, I probably can't convince you that I'm 44 years old. but, But as I've gotten older, death just has become more and more recurrence. We lose loved ones. We may go through difficult health issues, challenges, cancer, pain that just doesn't go away. And we can feel as desperate as the Israelites did here. But God is there all the time. Even if we don't see it, and we, we may doubt. God will see us through. But even if we don't get to a better place on this earth, we have a promise that we can live with God forever because he gives us true life, life with Jesus Christ. And that brings me to Jesus and the gospel. But before we get to today's passage, um, they've been our readings, but in Mark's gospel the last or actually it was two, week, two weeks ago, I'm only going to talk about one of them, where at the beginning of John chapter 6, Jesus feeds 5,000 men plus women and children with nothing more than a little boy's lunch. Five barley loaves, and no, these aren't big loaves that you're going to buy. They might be little little rolls. And two fish. And no, it's not going to be the fish that somebody proudly displays on their mantle or on their wall. These fish might fit in your fishbowl at at home. But Jesus uses that to feed 20,000 people. And after, in John's gospel, he says, after the people had seen this miracle sign, the Jewish people thought that Jesus was the prophet like Moses, whom God had promised to raise up in Deuteronomy chapter 18. And John also tells us that Jesus withdrew from the crowd because they were going to force him to be king, a king who would lead Israel to overthrow the Roman Empire. But Jesus was not this kind of earthly king. So in our gospel, as we might expect, on the next day a crowd of people came looking for Jesus. First they went near the place where Jesus had fed them the day before, they didn't find him. So they traveled by boat on the Sea of Galilee north to Capernaum. And when they found him, they asked this pointless question. Rabbi, when did you get here? I don't know, maybe they didn't know what to say. They, maybe a better question would have been, how did you get here? Because John tells us they knew Jesus Didn't travel in the disciples' boats, meaning he didn't go by boat. Who can do that across the sea? And Jesus knows why they're there. They're not there for him alone, for his message. They were coming for the material things, like the food. And he tells them, I assure you, I don't have any, there's no doubt in Jesus' mind. You're looking for me, not because you saw the signs, and I'm going to put in parentheses that I am Messiah, but because you ate the loaves and were filled. Jesus knows that food and material things don't last. Yes, we need food, water, shelter, clothes, other things to live. And God provides those. But that's not why Jesus came down from heaven as God in the flesh. Jesus goes on to say, don't work for the food that perishes, but for the food that lasts for eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. Because God the Father has set his seal of approval on him. Those are strong words. Food that lasts for eternal life. That's that's amazing and that's really important. Cuz we only live on this earth for 50, 60, 80. A few people live to 100. That's small. Even just going back to Moses, we got 3500 years in time and we don't know how far forward, but it's for eternity. And that God the Father has set his seal of approval he is sent Jesus is saying I'm sent by God I am the one that God has approved to bring his, the gospel message of, of life of spiritual life of life live God's way life with Christ that's what Jesus is there to do And Jesus is telling the people to seek him and not the things that he gives to them. So naturally, the people ask Jesus, what can we do to perform the works of God? Jesus tells them, believe in the one he has sent. Well, is that really works? And when they say the works of God, they're, they're kind of thinking like was what was thought, you know, in the, in the Torah law and how they believed that you would do good works for God. That's how you earn salvation and were approved by God. And Jesus is saying, no, you need to believe in me. I mean, that's, you know, you need to make, we need to make an ascent towards Christ, but we also know God helps us in this and god pursues us but we don't really do these works for god god works through us so that we believe and as jesus told nicodemus one of the jewish leaders in john chapter 3 verse 16 that god so loved the world that he gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life jesus is saying believe in me But unfortunately, the people aren't on board with Jesus' agenda. They don't get it, even though they have seen Jesus' feeding miracle. They have surely heard how he has healed the sick and how he's turned water into wine at the wedding in Cana. Jesus goes far beyond Moses and the prophet who was to come after Moses. Moses didn't heal people. Jesus is the Messiah whom God had promised. And Israel was waiting for, but the people couldn't see or believe this. They asked Jesus to perform a sign so that they may believe him. And the people went on to say, Our fathers ate the manna in the wilderness just as as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. That's why they ask, They speak about that bread from heaven. That, and Jesus kind of you know, said that Moses didn't supply that bread. So they're, they're drawing a, a connection there. But Jesus says, no, God, Moses didn't do that. God, God provided that. And Jesus also then says that he is the bread from heaven to eat. They haven't got what he said so far. I am the bread of life, Jesus says. The one who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. And they still didn't get it as they said, Sir, give us this bread always. And Jesus then closes by spelling it out I am the bread of life. No one comes to me. No one who comes to me will ever be hungry. And no one who believes in me will ever be thirsty again. And Jesus adds the thirst as he echoes what he told the Samaritan woman at the well in John chapter 4, verses 13 to 14. Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. True life. Spiritual life comes by feeding on Jesus, the bread of God who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. God only needed to send Jesus once to accomplish what he accomplished in his life, and especially by dying on the cross and rising again. But God had to send the manna bread daily to Israel for 40 years so they could eat and this bread was only good for the day or if it was the Sabbath day for two days because they were God want them to rest on that day the same goes for our food and drink it only has a particular shelf life and I get hungry every several hours and sometimes less but Jesus is the spiritual bread of life that lasts and is there for us to come back to again and again and again. And it, when we believe, it doesn't ever have to leave us. And, but like physical food, God also works in us so that we hunger more and more for Jesus And faith in Jesus is what matters most in life. And faith in Jesus is what allows us to live with God for eternity. And if we believe in Jesus and we let him reside in our hearts, we have all we truly need in this life. Because Jesus wants to meet our deepest spiritual needs, forever. He didn't come to fill our stomachs with food. He came to fill our lives with the presence of God. I know that many or most or all of you desire more and more of Jesus. And I think for me, once again going back to this pandemic i think all of us have been thinking about things in a different way and hopefully then this for me wasn't that way you know at at the beginning but hopefully it's drawn us closer to god to the lord to jesus christ because many things that we thought you know were would just you know continue on unabated have been upended I was you know many or most of us and we look at our our government were we really as prepared for this could we be prepared for this the last time there was a a pandemic like this was over 100 years ago and no i wasn't alive back then i'm not i'm not that old but everything in life you know is fragile um And one of the things I'm reminded of, you know, we we watch, you know, the Olympics. And, you know, we see what incredible things that people can achieve, but we also see our fragility. I was just watching and I I didn't watch all day yesterday. I was working on the sermon more, (laughs) a, a lot more, but there was like one, I think it was one of the American divers in the um, in like, and you know, all of a sudden, you know, she's bouncing up, and then she just doesn't go up, and she goes right in the pool, and that's it. She's she's out of the competition, and she would have made it to the finals. I don't think she was a contender to win, you know, one of the gold medals, and then probably the well, the one of if not the most famous Olympian, you know, Simone Biles the greatest American gymnast, unable, unable to compete. We see you know, how fragile we are and how in need we are of God. No matter how great we may be in a certain aspect of life. So God is there, Jesus Christ has come to give us life, life here on this earth, to allow us to live this life the the best way, and that is God's way. Because Jesus is the answer for the world today, as the song by, I believe it was Andre Crouch said, and he is also the answer for the world tomorrow and forever. And he wants us to hunger and thirst for him more than anything. So I want to close with, I want to read some of the words of that song that um, uh, our worship team sang. It's let the peace of God reign. And let that be my closing prayer for us. Father of life, draw us closer. Lord, our hearts are set on you. Let us run the race of time with your life enfolding ours. And let the peace of God reign. O Holy Spirit, you're our comfort. Strengthen us. Hold our heads up high and we'll stand upon your truth, bringing glory unto you. And let the peace of God, let it reign. O Lord, we hunger for more of you. Rise up within us. Let us know your truth. O Holy Spirit, saturate our souls, and let the life of God fill us now. Let your healing power breathe life and make us whole. Let the peace of God reign. Let it reign. Amen.